0: Can you sing the rest of it? Yeah. Yeah, what well, is more Huga than a Nat King Cole, the Christmas song? Hygge is a Danish concept and an experience of coziness, of the sense of well-being. It's something that the Danish people practice all year around, but especially at this Christmas season. Nat King Cole's 1946 version that we just saw right there of the Christmas song better known as Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame way back in 1974, the year I graduated high school. That seems like so long ago. And the song transports us to a very cozy fireplace uh, wrapped up in a warm blanket, sipping hot cocoa while it's snowing and the wind is blowing outside. But the reality of the climate when this song was actually written was very, very different. In fact, it was a sweltering hot day in July 1945 when Mel Torme showed up at, for a writing session at the lake home of his lyric writing partner by the name of Bob Wells. Torme let himself into the house and he called out for Bob. There was no answer. And so Mel Torme went over to the piano, and he saw the writing board there on the piano, four verses of a poem. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping at your nose, Yuletide carols being sung by a choir, and folks dressed up like Eskimos. Well, people in LA on that afternoon in July were not at all dressed like Eskimos. In fact, when Bob Wells finally came into the room, He was dressed in tennis shorts and a t-shirt. And Torme asked him about that little poem. And Bob Wells says, it's so damn hot today. I thought I'd write something to cool myself off. All I could think of was Christmas and cold weather. Well, Mel Torme took another look at the poem and he said, I think you might have something here. And sure enough, they did. They sat down at the piano, and the duo began to work together, and within 45 minutes, they had completed this Christmas classic, the Christmas song, Chestnut Roasting on an Open Fire. Well, they immediately called a guy named Carlos Gastel, who was the manager for Nat King Cole, and some of us remember Peggy Lee, and they drove into Hollywood, and they played the song for the manager, and then they played it for Nat King Cole, who then recorded it, the next year in 1946. And as Mel Torme said, the rest could be called our financial pleasure. <laughs> so here's a song about the burr of a cold December day, but it was written in the heat of a July day in LA. Sometimes our songs express a wish or a dream that is very different than the reality of what's going on. The songs sometimes express a a feeling of hope in the middle of despair. For example, some of, of us remember the song, Do You Hear What I Hear? It was written back in 1962, and it was written during the Cuban Missile Crisis. When we hear the lyrics, A star, a star, dancing in the night, with a tail as big as a kite... We all think of the star followed by the magi that led them to the Christ child. The writers of the song were not really thinking about that. They were thinking of a nuclear missile, a star, a star dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. The song was written by a husband and wife team, Noel Regney and Gloria Shane Baker. And they wrote the song in response to this existential threat that they felt because of the Cold War. Noel explained it like this. In the studio, the producer was listening to the radio to see if we had been obliterated. En route to my home, I saw two mothers with their babies in strollers. The little angels were looking at each other and smiling. And this inspired the first line of the song said the night wind to the little lamb. When we hear the context, when I hear the context of this writing of this song, it gives completely different meaning to this phrase in the song, pray for peace, people everywhere. The songwriters were praying for not just a good feeling of peace, but actual peace in our world. His wife, Baker, co-writer, said that because of the fearful mood of the country when this song was written, every time they sang that song during those days, they cried. Bring a tear to their eye. Our little song, she says, broke us up. A song about peace in the midst of a potential war. Then let's go to the song that many of us know, I'll Be Home for Christmas. The story of a soldier in World War II longing to go home i'll be home for christmas was written well into world war ii at a time when around 16 million americans 11 percent of the population were serving in the armed forces during that time there was hardly a home in the country that did not have a very noticeable absence of someone in the home there was an empty space around the table almost every home in the country. And the loneliness of being separated from your family was universally felt during those years. I'll be home for Christmas. Christmas songs are really about dreaming of a better world. The whole season, we're a little bit nicer, a little bit kinder than we are during the rest of the year. And most of the songs that we hear are songs reflecting a better world a kinder world, a more gentle world, a world of peace and a world of love. It's the theme of the songs, not just at Christmas time, but it was a the theme of the song at the original Christmas, when the angels appeared to the shepherds in the field. We talk about them singing a song, but I don't know if it was a song or not. I think it was just more of an announcement, as the writers say it. But they announced a dream of a better world, and I cannot think personally of anybody who's better to tell us that story than Linus. Yeah. Let's listen to Linus read that part of the story. And that's the sermon right there. Yeah. Good tidings of great joy just for the Southern Baptist. I say that because I am one, was one. I love my tradition. I love the denomination in which I grew. And I'm sad that in that denomination, I was taught that this was not good news for everybody. It was just good news for some. Go back to the story told by Luke and... Good tidings of great joy to all people. Peace on earth, all around the planet. It's good news to all, and God's good will to all people, all humanity, not just to a few. Now, that's a pretty good world right there. Peace around the planet. Everyone treated well, everyone experiencing goodness, that's a good dream. That's a better world. But we all know that's not reality. Things are not perfect. Our kids took the most perfect Christmas photos in their elf PJs this past weekend. They all had perfect smiles, no one cried, and everyone looked right at the camera. Ha 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 ha. No, they didn't. There are no perfect pictures. And our Christmas songs all paint the picture of a perfect world, and they're expressions of our dreams. But you are a group of committed people who are passionate about making those dreams a reality. You are passionate about taking the lyrics off of the pages of these Christmas carols and making them come to life. You really are dreaming of a world that is driven by love. The prophet Isaiah tells us, for unto us a child is born And to us, a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders. There will be, these will be his royal titles, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. The prince of peace. His ever-expanding peaceful government will never end. It's a peaceful government. And look how this king is to rule with perfect fairness. No favoritism. Everybody has what they need. And there will be perfect justice from the throne of his father David. He will bring true justice and peace to all the nations of the world. And this is going to happen because the Lord of heaven's armies has dedicated himself to it. As this person said, Merry Christmas, many issues in our country and around the world could be resolved with just a little love. It really could. That's what Isaiah, three, four hundred years before the birth of Jesus, dreamed about. And that was what was supposed to happen when Jesus was born. And that's what he said he wanted to do. My gosh, we have so screwed this up. We have not taken his value of peace, his value of fairness, his value of justice, his value of kindness, his value of, as as he told his disciples who thought they ought to be favored over other people, he said, no, God sends rain to the good people and the bad people. God sends sunshine to the good people and the bad people. God is just. He'll bless the bad people just like he blesses the good people. It's not an us versus them type of a thing. Oh, but we have turned it into so much different. 2020 was a very difficult year if you remember th- three years ago from many the frustration and the heartache of isolation from the pandemic made it really tough and it really added a lot of stress to the holiday season that year. There's a guy that lived in Baltimore named Matt Riggs who had had a horrible year in 2020 and he normally did not decorate his house and his yard until in December, but he did it early November this time because he just wanted to kind of urge that Christmas spirit to come a little bit quicker. So he was out in his yard wrapping lights around his trees and his bushes and on his house. And when he was wrapping around one tree, he looked across the street at his neighbor, uh, Kim Morton's house, and he had a thought. Here was a thought. I wanted to stretch the lights across partially out of curiosity to see if it would work, but also to represent light in a time of darkness. I was feeling broken and stuck and frustrated. And I know Kim was too. He knew that Kim was having a hard time. At that time, Kim was going through a lot. She was fighting uh, anxiety and some depression. She was grieving the loss of a family member and trying to deal with some work-related stress. So Matt wound a string of lights around his tree, walked it across the street, and wrapped that string around a tree in Kim's front yard. His wife went in and made some cookies, and then they texted Kim and invited her to come outside and see what they had done. And Kim was visibly moved by the lights and by the cookies and the expression of love. Well, there was a domino effect. Another neighbor down the street saw what they had done, and they begin to light their trees and string it across. And Kim took a string of lights from her tree and took it to a neighbor's tree next door to Matt. And it wasn't long before in a couple days, the entire block had been connected with a canopy of Christmas lights. Connecting one house to another. Kim, the person for whom the original string of lights had been intended, said, it made me look up literally and figuratively above all the things that were dragging me down. It was light that was pushing back the darkness. And then one neighbor by the name of Melissa DiMuzio took it an extra step. And she created this sign with lights that hung over the neighborhood. Love lives here. The vision of the venues is to be a place that is driven by love and to create a world that is driven by love. Everything that we do is for that vision. We don't always do it the way it should be done. We don't always feel love. We don't always act in love. That is though, our goal, our aspiration. And we do know that, like this neighborhood block in Baltimore, that connection creates love. And the natural expression of connection is always compassion. Is always to look at our neighbor and our enemies with love that we are connected, that we share a humanity, and we share an inner divinity. So we want to be and to create a place that is driven by love. So your commitment to the venues is a commitment to a place of love. And I so appreciate you doing that. Love is created in connection. I'm going to pray, and Denise is going to come up here. And we're going to consider a few questions. And if you will look at the time, this is a Merry Christmas present to you. (laughs) It's 1045. And we'll answer a few questions, and then we'll uh, we'll dismiss. So, Chris, you might want to go let the uh, KV know that we are at our question time at this point. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so very much for the opportunity today to hear again the Simplicity of the Christmas story. We hear it being told to us. And we are included in that all. We are included in the expression that God wants to do good for all humanity. So I pray that you will help all of us feel accepted and welcomed by you. And I pray that we will practice that with everybody, not just this season, but all year through. In Christ's name, amen.